All right, everybody, this is Jack Starr. You're listening to Focus on Metal, where the metal is always burning. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 345 of Focus on Metal. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with our special guest, Vinnie Moore from UFO and Urban Breed from Sirius Black. If you didn't have a chance to catch that one, you can, of course, catch it off of iTunes or head up to focusonmetal.net. Hit the episodes page, and right there on top, you will see episode 345. And just click the little link there that tells you to stream it or download it, and bam, you are set. Listening to our conversations with Vinnie Moore and Urban Breed. This week, though, we'll be talking to Jack Starr and Ned Maloney from Jack Starr's Burning Star. Those guys just released their latest one, Stand Your Ground, and uh, was lucky to have both Jack and Ned come on the show, talk about the album, the band, what's going on, the whole thing. So that is what is in store for you this week on Focus on Metal. But before we do that, it's been a few weeks since I've given you a track of the week, so uh, why don't we start off with that first. Track of the week this week comes to us via our friends over at AFM Records, and it is from Roland Grappau and Master Plan. They just uh, released back in August one called Pump Kings. And uh, kind of a little odd concept here. I don't know odd, but it's almost like Roland is doing covers of himself. So basically it's 11 songs that Roland had done at one point back with Halloween. So back on uh, albums from 1990 to around 2000. So, uh, you know, Pink Bubbles Go Ape, Chameleon, Master of the Rings, Time of the Oaths, The Dark Ride. You know, that that era of uh, Halloween when uh, Roland was in the band. So picked out 11 songs that were what they considered to be fan favorites and recorded them back with Master Plan. So uh, just kind of a interesting thing that Roland and the guys in Master Plan uh, decided to do. And it's got uh, it's got you know, various, like he says, fan favorites on there. The Chance and Mr. Ego and Still We Go. And so, uh, like I said, 11 great tracks, former Halloween tracks, all uh, from uh, from Roland. This thing, besides being available as a digipack, it's also available as a limited edition and, of course, orange-colored two-vinyl set. So I uh, thought I'd pick a track off of Pump Kings, play that for you as this week's track of the week. And, uh, you know, why not? Because it's got the uh, number 666 in it. I'm going to play you uh, Escalation 666 from Master Plan's latest one, Pump Kings. Yeah. 
show track of the week from master plan off of the album pump kings so usually on the show we tend to do discussion first and interview second but uh, this week i'm gonna switch it up and i'm actually going to uh, run the interview first and then after that is a bit of a discussion piece that I actually clipped out of last week's episode to try to keep the episode in around an hour or so. But Richie and myself had had a lively discussion about uh, reissues and remasters and deluxe sets and all that good stuff. And so I thought that rather than just leave it on the cutting room floor, that I would save it for this week's show. But uh, first, why don't we get into my talk with uh, Jackstar and Ned Maloney of Jackstar's Burning Star. So I did this interview on uh, the Tuesday prior to the release, which was on the 25th. So a lot of times when the interview were talking about the release in a couple days or the album's coming out, you know, this Friday, that was the week we did it. They were really busy doing a lot of press. And in fact, initially I was only set up to talk to Jack called in and I ended up talking to both Jack and Ned and we had a great discussion all about the brand new one Stand Your Ground as well as uh, some Jack Stars a Burning Star history so why don't I just uh, roll that for you right now. This is Ned Maloney with Burning Star. Listen to Focus on Metal. It's the best place to be. Hello. Hello Scott uh, from Focus on Metal calling for Jack Star. Hey this is Jack. How's it going man? Hey Jack. How you doing man? Good. Good. We're going to put you on speaker. Okay, you are now on speaker. Oh, awesome. I feel so much more immense now that I'm on speaker. <laughs> and I got my bass player, Ned Maloney, is here, so awesome. he's going to be part of the interview. I want him to feel loved. Okay, there you go. Well, Because, you know, bass players, that's why I switched from bass to guitar, because you just never felt the love. But I'm sure that Ned feels plenty of the love, you know. Oh, there you go. That's it. Either that's that or cool. I'm just I'm just either that or I'm just bullshitting you. Either way, but you know, much much that's love. All right. we, we love it. Where are, you, are you? You're in Boston. Uh, yeah, I'm just about 20 miles outside of Boston. You guys are also very familiar with this area, right? You got to you've been playing with guys in the past from the Boston area, and obviously from New York. I, I grew up. In, I'm from Attleboro. If you know where that is, that's where I grew up. That's my hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm in Lowell. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to go there when I was a young kid. Did you? Competing in, uh, in athletic competitions. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> really young kid. I, that, was, that was before I found pot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Then you come to Lowell for a whole different reason. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, anyways, uh, talking to you guys today, because obviously uh, the brand new Jack Stars Burning Star album comes out this Friday, and I'm sure everyone's been looking forward to it since... Uh, what, it's been since uh, 2011 that uh, Land of the Dead came out, so obviously a lot of built-up demand for this one. Yeah, actually, we've been look, kind of looking forward to seeing it, too, because it's just been a long, hard, lonely road. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, especially now, people are really starting to go back and, and embracing a lot of that, like the classic metal stuff that, that you guys uh, are really adept at, at writing. So uh, definitely a perfect time for you guys to be coming out with this one. Did that did that play it all into uh, you know getting back into the studio again, or was it just kind of a natural progression of we got the songs, we got the people, let's go do it? Um, so we've been working the whole entire time on this album. <laughs> so it wasn't anything that was done quickly or anything more than hey, we got to make another record. Hmm. And if you're familiar with Land of the Dead, um, you know that was. We were pretty proud of that album. We got great reviews. The fans loved it. And, you know, we just really felt like we were going to have to really step up to the plate to, on our next album after after that one. So, it, you know, the, the early on writing process was a lot of just trying to find songs that we felt stood up, you know, to that, you know. Mm. It's like, you know, we just set the bar really high for ourselves. And uh, it took us like five years to uh, to basically feel that, okay, we can now put this out. Kind of like, remember the wine commercials? I will sell no wine until it's time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my son will sell no wine before it's time. You know, uh, it? Julio Gallo, Julio Gallo, Gallo and Sons. I felt that way about this album. It's like, you know, we could put out, we could put out an album every year, just like the Sun Bands do that. You know, they want product, and the record company pushes them, and they put out product every year, but it's not particularly good. It's just product. Mm-hmm. 
So I would rather, you know, wait and uh, make something really good. Sure. No, I understand that. And uh, it's also interesting with this one because, like I said, you guys have that really that classic metal sound, and and you it's kind of a kind of a small pool of people that do it really well. You guys are one of that pool. But what's interesting is that not only is it that you have not just kind of your five, six-minute songs, but you've got stuff that's eight minutes, 11 minutes, but also 12 tracks on here as well, where a lot of bands that kind of go in the classic metal mode will stick to that almost album format of like nine to 10 songs. Is that just that you had a lot of really strong material and couldn't cull it down? Or was it just something different you were going for? Well, I would say we... We just couldn't decide what would come off the album. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what do you drop? You know what I mean? And and, uh, and 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 we did them all sort of at the same. It wasn't like we did one song next, next, next. We kind of just wrote a bunch, a ton of material, and then developed it and developed it all. And now all of a sudden we had this massive body of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like literally, even like a month before, uh, before you know, the album was officially finished. We were still debating what songs to include in the album, and uh, one song did not make the album, but it's going to be on the double vinyl. There is a a, uh, a double album coming out of this album. Uh, so actually, there was over eighty minutes of music, and um, it's just it's just I guess it, you know in one way it kind of got out of control, <laughs> but in another way we wanted it to get out of control because we were really. Um, just really in the heat of the moment, you know, like, this is really good, so let's keep going, you know? Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, the title track at 11 minutes long, I'm, I'm kind of that traditional more, like, four to five minute guy, even when everything I write is kind of around there, but, you know, that one there is definitely something that's pretty far-reaching with all the different parts you have in there and stuff. Now, was that something that kind of a, was a natural thing, or did you have kind of several ideas and decided that it all kind of thematically fit into that one song. That's just kind of interested about how that song came out. Uh, that song really kind of evolved over a period of maybe a couple of years. And um, we started realizing that we weren't going to be able to fit all our ideas into a four or five minute song. And then after after a while, a decision, a conscious decision was made, which was, okay, let's stop trying to beat our heads against the wall and make make it fit into five minutes. It's not meant to be a five-minute song. So we, we said, okay, let's just make it the best song we can make it, get, get all our ideas across, even if it ends up being over 10 minutes, which it did. definitely listening to it and and you know you kind of feel like a part winds down and you're like all right and then all of a sudden this, this new movement comes in but 
it never really repeats or gets you know into this kind of repetition of oh they're just kind of just doing musical masturbation. I do like the fact <laughs> there's all these little chunks of it that that take you on it. It's almost like a like a little mini rock opera all in eleven minutes. You know that's exactly how I feel about it. I feel that um, uh, you know it's something that more bands should aspire you know to do because it's really a way of, of saying you know hey this is what I can do. And I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there are writers that write really, really great screenplays that get turned into really great movies. And then there are writers who've mastered the art of doing an hour TV show, which is really 47 minutes, and that's what they do. But to write the great, you know, screenplay, I have more respect for that, you know, to, to just really tap into the very the very height of what your talent is. Um, that's a good way to look at it. You know, and it's also, it's kind of uh, just interesting. Even some of the, the songs that are like four to five minutes long, they kind of grab you. Like, you know, typically I'll listen to an album and I, I'll kind of just listen to it as the metal fan first. And then after that, like the next kind of goes into like the guitar player in me. Then it's the producer in me. And, and slowly from there, like songs kind of fall out. But definitely on here, there were a few that, that stood out like right away and, and two of them. And it's weird that they were back to back was uh, hero and destiny were just two songs that when they were done, I just, they were just like stuck in my brain. And uh, was there a, a lot of thought put into how the, the sequencing and running order of this album was put together or did, is there a lot of like arguments about that or. No, there really weren't any arguments because all the songs are great, but that was kind of Ned's, Ned's uh, forte. So I'm going to let him tell you about it. Cause Ned gave it a lot of thought, and then, and I was just like, "Yeah, you know, you're right." So, <laughs> uh, actually, as far as that goes, I'd have to probably give uh, Mark Gabriel, uh, our producer, producer, sort of credit because I, I mean, by the time we were done, I think Jack and me just needed to be like bears and go hibernate for the winter. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, but because we just labored, and you know, it was a labor of love. It was just, it was just a lot, a lot of constant thought in the. So at that point, I mean, honestly, the song out of order was more like, hey, you know, Bart's, you know, he's been involved all, all along, but, um, you know, he's, he looks at it fresh and he looks at it, you know, a little a little farther away from the picture than us, you know, getting into every, not that he, he wasn't involved in the finer details, but the, I'd have to give him probably more credit for the order. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, we just write what we write. And, um, I, you know, I think one of the reasons why Jack and me have been able to write, work together for so long is we've had pretty similar standards and sensibilities. You know, even though we like metal, we both like a lot of other kinds of music. And we just like good songs and melody, for one. And one of the things that we both share, which you'll notice if you listen to our songs, is, you know, years ago, I, I realized that by the time the guitar solo is over, I'd be, I'd be changing the channel on the radio on those songs because the song doesn't have much else to offer. You know, it's like, chorus, you know, out or whatever, you know, and so we kind of both have this principle of let's try to keep delivering more and more until the song's over, mm. you know, so if you listen to those out, you know, you listen to almost every one of those songs till the very end, there's more stuff that comes in, there's more, it just builds, I mean, it's Jack, you know, puts a lot of nice guitar melodies at the end, we've always got some new vocal part introduced or whatever, mm. and uh, so we just, you know, we have to sort of stop ourselves sometime and that's where bar comes in but <laughs> i mean that but you know um i don't think there was any master plan to any of the songs that are hey we this, this is a great idea let's work on that you know here's a cool riff here's a you know so uh but you know then we just had a bunch of stuff and and um i, I think i you know i think bar did a good job of sort of uh coming in there and putting the the, the songs in, in a succession that's you know, easily digestible, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you talk about that, you know, different parts coming in, because I've noticed it, and not just because I'm talking to you, but I even noticed it down to the bass line, where, like, the bass, even where you would expect the bass line to be a repetitive thing within, like, a four-bar thing, and then repeat again, and be like, wow, we just changed that up. And, like, where did that go? So I, I even noticed that in the bass lines, that you change stuff up all the time. Right. Thank you very much for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've been kind of, Jack and me, we've been talking to, you know, different interviews and stuff, but 
you know, I would say my perspective is this album's got a, the rhythm section's kind of 70s, mm-hmm. more 70s than 80s, because with, with this album, we really wanted to take the time. I mean, Rhino's a phenomenal drummer, and if you go in and do an album real quick and get it out, you got to play real simple and keep it straight, or you, it'll take, you know, with this one, you know, for me personally, I just wanted to make sure I get to play bass the way I spent my entire life being able to play, and you know, if you if you play to a drum machine and the drummer drummer records to it later, you're not responding. You're not responding to that drummer. You're right. just you're just basically, you know, keeping time. And, and then there, really, this album was developed on every instrument across the board um, with that. And if you're a '70s bass bass player like I am, I mean, all those great bass players in the '70s, you listen to crappy radio songs in the '70s. And the bass playing is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the bass players were just telling their own stories. So. That's a lot of where I came from, and I, I'm happy that with this album we were able to take the time to be able to do that, and I'm also happy that you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it lends a cool perspective to the song too, as well, to kind of have that that kind of a rhythm section, you know, behind everything else that's going on. I think it, it just it's one of those things. It's a good foundational thing, and I think it's something that people latch onto as well. It's it's something that really works for like the, the ear and the brain and the whole setup. So yeah, it's it's just a cool way you guys put it down. Yeah, I mean we we. I would have to say, I mean, you, you're going to listen to everything you've ever done and still hear things you could have done. you got to stop yourself. But uh, I think we played, we painted a pretty complete picture. I mean, it took us a long time to get there, but <laughs> I think we both feel satisfied with that concept. <laughs> so, you know, obviously a lot of people, once they start hearing this album, they're going to be wondering about uh, any kind of touring plans. You guys uh, start looking at doing any of that stuff yet? Anything lined up? Well, we, we very much love playing out live. You know, we're not one of these steely band type bands that make an album and then 10 years later they might decide to play out. But we really do love playing out, and we have been playing out during the last five years. We've done festivals, even some in America, like 80s in the Park, we've done that, and uh, other festivals and festivals in Europe. Um, like the Keep It True Festival, the Sword Brothers Festival. We've played in Italy in a number of uh, large venues and in Greece in, a large, in some large venues. But the thing is, this particular album, we're really looking for it to kind of um, take us one more step on the ladder. And um, so we're kind of waiting to see what the reaction is. It's coming out in a couple of days, and... I think within a month or two of its release, probably within about two months, we'll have a, we'll either, the album will either be a success to, at the level that we want it to be, and if it is, um, we'll be getting offers from promoters and so on and so forth. Um, you know, the quote that I like to use a lot is that, uh, you know, failure is an orphan, success has many fathers. Uh, <laughs> If this is a success, which I really hope it will be, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be wanting, uh, you know, to, to to do stuff and to take credit, and that's fine, you know, and, and to help us and to book us and to do merchandise and all the other stuff, you know, that goes, all the trappings that come with it, you know. I mean, I think definitely the setup is great, you know, between, you know, coming out in, in 2009 with the first one after the Reformation and then Land of the Dead, and now this, you've got basically the same core of the band and uh, even the same album artists and all that stuff. So you've got a lot of stuff that goes right through it, I think, that just kind of lines up to help make everything just kind of forge together as, as uh, if anyone has any right. doubt about the longevity of Jack Star's Burning Star, this should be able to convince them once and for all that, uh, you know, you're oh, yeah. back and, and you're ready to carry on the tradition. Yeah, we're like lifers, you know, this is it, uh, I had some guy write to me today, and he said, uh, it was actually my my former singer, he goes, uh, we're going to be doing this heavy metal stuff until we, we die, aren't we? <laughs> and it's like, I thought about it, I go, yeah, I think he's right. It's like, we're, we're in for the long haul, but and it's not a bad thing, because we, you know, we really enjoy it, and it doesn't preclude the fact that, you know, we can have other things going on in our lives, you know, yeah. Ned has. Ned has a family, and he has two children. Uh, I have a family, you know, and, and so on. And we have other interests, but we just kind of um, got into this metal thing, and then we decided to to make an art out of it, to take it to the next level, you know. And that's not to put down other 
some metal bands that don't see it the same way. There's a you know there's obviously a place for that you know for bands that you know right you know more simplistic than we do you know. But that's not that's not the direction that you know that we chose. We really wanted to do something more musical, more melodic, and uh, and that's what you know, that's what we've been focusing on. That's not to say that one of us you know came up tomorrow and said, "Hey, I just wrote this song." Top thirty to me, you know. <laughs> we, uh, I might say, "Hey, you know, wait a minute, that's not bad. Maybe we could all get rich with that." You know? <laughs> but it just would kind of be weird, you know, for. Because it's not really what we're about, you know. Yeah. But no. I, but I, but I think but I do respect simplicity also. I'm not one of these guys. Oh, you know, well that's really dumb, and you know, no, because there's complexity in simplicity. So if somebody, you know, you, you take a song like Satisfaction, you know, by the Stones, it's three notes. Mm-hmm. You know, bam, 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 and that's great. It's great. Great cool riff, you know. You got to come up with those three notes. So you got Mick Jagger with his uh, incredible rhythm blues background, who is totally underrated because he, he writes. He's more rhythmic than any other five white guys I know, and uh, yeah, and, and it makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's it is what you know, it is what it is, and uh, we you know we really. What's well, one thing about us? We never indulge in bashing any other bands or saying this or that because. You might meet them on tour for one thing, and then, and then, and then secondly, it doesn't do anybody any good, or to or to be just negative about anyone or anything is, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, are you are you? Because um, you mentioned, you know, Defiance and Linda. Are you familiar with the Guardians of the Flame album? Yep. Is that? I mean, really, truth be told, that's kind of was the real rebirth of Burning Star. It's just that at the time, you know, that's just the name when we got back together we chose to go under but I mean if you look at that album that's that is the natural progression of the second half mm. of, of Burning Star Of, of where where we started all over again with that, which is a 
Awesome. Or, you know, uh, I'm friends with uh, Steel Assassin. Uh, Mike Mooney, uh, you know, the guitar player for Steel Assassin, is an old friend of mine. We play together, and uh, they've been making great albums for since, what, the 80, early 1980, maybe even. Yeah. Um, there was Malaya Rages up there. I know there's a really good, strong metal scene up there. So if somebody wants to organize a nice multi-band show... Yeah, I think you guys would definitely be perfect for like the Palladium out in Worcester some night. A lot of, a lot of great like multi-band shows going out there, and uh, yeah, definitely would slide in right there on some certain nights. Oh yeah, that would be great. So I'm looking at Facebook now, so I can tell you uh, some of the sites. Uh, there's one Jackstar, that's my personal site. There's another one Jackstar Musician Band, and then there's the one that uh, Bart Gabriel, who's who's our unofficial manager. Uh, it's not our and producer. And producer. He's definitely our producer. That is true. Uh, but the one that he put together, which is really good, is uh, it's called Jack Star's Burning Star. So that's a good one. And then Ned Maloney's um, uh, site is just called Ned Maloney, and that's M E L O N I. And, and you know, we're we're definitely uh, we like communicating with people, so there's no problem. And we don't we don't sell our CDs online ourselves or anything like that because we're on we're on labels and actually the CDs probably well I know I know for sure the new CD is going to be distributed in America and it's actually even at uh, at Target so we make it easy for the fans they can they can find us they can find the albums and they can find us and if it's not there they can order it so we already know that Jack your favorite song on there right now. Yeah, at least from the press release was uh, was stand your ground. But what about you, Ned? What's the what's your top song on the album? Um, standing on the day of the week. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I love stand your ground. I, I like them all. I guess uh, for me, I I kind of I'm, I'm I just like the secrets we hide for some reason, and it's in all of its simplicity. It's mm. just kind of like not overly com- complicated. It's fast to the point. too many bit albums that have as many good guitar riffs as this album has and that that, that album that, that song those riffs are so cool uh, in that song that uh, I, that's another one of my favorites at the moment mm. that, no good choices there and definitely Secrets We Hide is a was a good opening track as well because it kind of just draws you in 
slowly into it. it yeah, I think that was a good opening track and uh, definitely a good one to pick right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thank you much, guys. And I, I appreciate you taking some time this afternoon. I know you guys have a busy, busy press schedule in the next couple of days for this puppy drops and hopefully is an explosive success. And uh, I wish you well. And I hope that when you guys uh, hopefully make it up here around Boston, that uh, I'll be able to come out, shake your hand and uh, rock to some burning star. That sounds wonderful. Great talking to you. You too, guys. Thank you. All right. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Jack and Ned for coming on the show, talking all about the new one, Stand Your Ground. And uh, their label, High Roller Records, is doing a great job getting that one. Some distro, you can get that on Amazon or actually a whole bunch of places, just like uh, Jack and Ned were talking about. That one is out now. So if you want some classic metal from Jack Stars, Burning Star, then uh, go pick yourself up a copy of that one. And up next, as I mentioned earlier, is a conversation that uh, Richie and I had for last week's show. Didn't want to leave it on the cutting room floor. Uh, Richie is getting uh, all up on me about my uh, rampant metal consumerism. And I have to admit the guy is right that if I'm not buying, you know, guitar pedals or guitars or amps or processors or anything else like that, then I'm probably off buying box sets and deluxe editions and all kinds of other crazy metal stuff. But uh, somebody has to support the metal artist, so it might as well be me. But we had a great discussion all about uh, some of the big reissues that are coming out as well as, you know, box sets, deluxe editions, and all of that stuff. And as I said, uh, just too good to leave lying around in the vaults. Thought I would just wait and run it on this week's show. So with that, my conversation uh, with Richie. So the other, the other thing I want to get into, all these reissues are back. Uh, Hysteria. Yep. Uh, and I bought it. Then Which one? The big one. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> I fucking knew it. The I'm one probably going to say I bought the next one you're going to bring up too. White Snake. Yep. <laughs> It's actually a good package because you're getting the, you're getting a lot of live stuff. You got stuff a concert with with uh, Vivian playing with them. Hmm. So I was like, wow, that's and and you know that was fifty bucks. Right. Let's talk about the hysteria. Hard, hardcover book plus the four CDs plus the DVD, mm-hmm. forty nine bucks. Right. Let's talk about the hysteria one first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the one you bought is over a ton, isn't it? It's yeah. It's they must have got a huge response for that too because they're like. Saying yeah, we're not ready to. Sh- we don't have enough yet, and, and what's all in that. it? I don't remember. I bought LPs. It, I bought it months. Yeah, there are LPs. Okay, the CDs, DVDs, right. the book. I bought the album when it came out. Mm-hmm. The day it came out in '87, I bought yep. it. I bought the CD probably in the early '90s. Yeah, I got a CD player. Yeah, I bought the deluxe one. About when was when was that? Five, six years ago. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was had excellent. Some, they had some good, some good extra all stuff the, on there. It had all the B-sides on mm-hmm. it. It had the live tracks that were on the B-sides. It had yeah, they had some really, there's only, only one, I can't remember, now, like a cover they did that was kind of a clunker. But other than that, that was a good one. Now, as far as I know, there's a documentary on this. Yes. Are you aware that the classic album series has one on Hysteria? Mm-hmm. Okay, so why would you buy the documentary on Hysteria? when you have the classic album series. That's really good. That goes into the album. Yeah. They're in the studio. They break down all the... Ma- I don't know. I've seen it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I've seen right. it. Right. Yeah. So what what else is going to be in the documentary? Them saying how great it is? I don't know. I, I, I'm sure the documentary is decent. Yeah. Um, But what are, I, I don't know. What are they going to add to it? Because you, you got in the round in your face to the, the, the concert. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What I would have liked to hear and... I knew they wouldn't put on it. Was uh, they were doing some songs with Jim Steinman before they did them with Mott Lang? Yeah, of course that's probably never going to come out. But that would have been, I think, that would have been nice to hear. Maybe one of them, or, or are they that bad? Uh, probably not bad, but then maybe they have licensing issues and things like that, or or you know there might be a lot of money involved with Steinman, and I maybe don't know. he might have used some of that material on something later on. Maybe you know so. Yeah. Or some there's no demos on it either. Yeah, yeah. The hysteria tracks. I would have liked to hear the rough demos on that. Yeah. Like did they sound like pyromania? Uh, well, you know, I'm thinking though the, the demos for hysteria they're probably really pieced together, like not a normal demo. I mean, think about how the circumstances they're doing that album under. So, you know, what were they doing? Did they have somebody else doing some drumming and, and they're playing it, you know. I don't think they were probably real normal 
demos. They were probably really rough scratch tracks. Maybe, but it would didn't stop Metallica putting them out as B-sides on all the Black Album singles. Yeah, but that's that's still more the band playing together as opposed to like, oh, I'm trying this riff and, and okay, much recording it. All right, all right. Now we can like, all right, I like that. Okay, I like that. And I'm sure it was it's a lot of piecing together. Mm, mm. So what else do you get? Like the twelve inch singles as well, or I, you know what? I, it's been like I ordered it months ago. Okay, so I don't even remember. All right, I figured I'd uh, I'd pull a Sylvie Simmons while I had a chance and actually look up and remember what the heck is in what I bought. So uh, in the uh, super deluxe edition. There is obviously the remastered Hysteria disc, as well as two other CDs with uh, radio edits and B-sides. Then there's also two CDs with the uh, In the Round, In Your Face concert. And then there's two DVDs with uh, videos, TV appearances. And then there's also another one that is the uh, entire 2002 Classics album documentary. Then there's four books. There's a one that's written by journalist Paul Elliott. There's a complete discography of all the releases from around the world. That Ross Halfin photo book that Richie remembered, and also a uh, facsimile of the original tour program. All of that for uh, about 90 bucks, so uh, not too shabby. And if you remember, Richie did ask about vinyl in this, and there's no vinyl in this super deluxe edition, but there are two other editions that do have vinyl, including one that's got orange vinyl. I know they've, they've brought out probably three or four versions of it. Because... Uh, yeah, I mean, I got the email. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I did order that. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's been that long. Yeah, it's, it's, I know. It's, I think it's got a book by Ross Halfin as well. Yeah. I've got um, Ross Halfin did a book on Def Leppard that uh, he's got pictures throughout all their career. Yeah. And it, it's a big hardback book, and it's probably like 200 and something pages, and that's great. Yeah. So he's he's been... You know, he's been doing photographs with them forever. I mean, it's just one of these things. I mean, you know, there's been different, like, box sets and stuff that come out. And you're like, ah, and then later on, you're like, Jesus, I really wish I freaking bought that. And then you look on, like, eBay or something, and people are asking, like, two to three times the That's price you. for the thing. You know That's what I mean? You. You're the guy that bought uh, Countdown to Extinction, like, six times. Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I can't think of how many times I bought Back in Black, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But the, so the White Snake one now, that's... I'd be more interested in that. Mm-hmm. Some of it is the cost. Um, definitely the concert. Yeah. The live concert with Vivian and yeah. Adrian. Yeah. Um, it's a pity that's audio only. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been fantastic if that was... Uh, yeah, but it might just be a board tape that they have and it was never filmed. But yeah. that, I mean, that, that's good because there's really... I mean, to do one and have Viv on it and, and kind of see how he played against Adrian is something that I want to hear. Yeah, definitely. Because you know? I never saw that line yeah. play live. And then mm. just the the remastering, I mean, that interests me too because, I mean, think about it. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, 1987 was one of these albums that created how albums sound going forward. And now they're remastering it. So, I mean, that kind of, to me, is things really weird in my head that there's this iconic sound that doesn't interest me. You know, because five years ago they released a remastered anyway. Yeah, this is supposed to be a remaster, another remaster. Though. So it's a five. What? What? When it comes to tech, you know more than me now, but I have to say that when it comes to technology in the last five years, mm-hmm. how can you make something better in the last five years? Like surely that the the gap would have been twenty years ago when the technology really started to go from like. A to Z in a year. Yeah. Now in the last five years. like It's like Sabbath, right? How many times are they remastered the Sabbath catalog? I bought a remastered once and I'm like, yeah, that's enough. I don't need it again. Well, I mean, I go back to the, the, the Beatles catalog and they had different remasters that came out and stuff. And they were like, eh. And then they put out that set. It must have been, it was about the same time we started this show. And, um, oh my God, it was fantastic. Remix now or remaster? It was it was a remix and a remaster. Well, there's the difference. And it there. was it was, I was hearing stuff that was like I never heard that before. Like I never heard this like percussion in Taxman. Like holy crap! Like where the hell did that come from? Yeah, but and this it was it was amazing. Yeah, but this is like what Nick Brophy said in the interview a few weeks ago. That remix, you're changing the sound. The remaster, you're just mm-hmm. changing this. That, that, how loud it is. Well, I mean, it, it's it's the Sonics, it's the separation. They they do tweak mix on there too because they, you start changing separation and stuff. You start having phase issues. You start having to, to delve back in and do some other things to it. Okay. So you can have something that's going to end up being sonically different. 
Yeah, but the remaster for the White Snake thing, I'm not really interested in. The documentary. Um, the other uh, part about the remaster, though, just just to, to hold that thought for a mm-hmm. second, is that a lot of remasters happened. So you, you got CDs that came out, and they dumped the CD as just like, here's the analog, and, bleh, and they just dumped it on. So just instant analog digital conversion, that's it, right? And I've got like those with Van Halen and all that stuff. And then they were like, okay, well, we're going to remaster to, to bring up to how people expect a CD to sound. This this crisp, the more bass, all of this stuff, right? So that's kind of sonically where people's heads were at. Now you're having a lot more remasters that are going back to people like the sound of vinyl. So let's get this thing to remaster backwards. Not so much the straight dump from the tape, but more of the warm sound as opposed to that kind of crisp sound with everything pushed up and compressed. What's next, day track? No, I hope not. Those were a pain <laughs> in the ass. You never knew where the hell you were with the MA tracks. So the documentary, um, I'm sure, does not have Sykes, Ainsley Dunbar, or Neil Murray on it. Well, you can't get Sykes out of the house. Um, and but, I don't think I don't think yeah Ainsley or well I don't know about Ainsley but yeah Neil Murray I don't I just don't see him probably participating. But I I, I think I, I would, almost envision the documentary like, is going to be a black screen with David Coverdale. Talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you're going to have is Coverdale talking, yeah. right? I would have loved to see. Not I I know Sykes probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, but um, maybe one or two of the guys mm-hmm. to to come in and talk about recording that album. Yeah. Um. The Rock Candy magazine that's in front of you, the issue two, has a great interview with Sykes about 87. Oh, yeah. And he lashes into Coverdale. Yeah, I think if you it. had someone, and, and not the classic album series either, I think just kind of an independent thing, almost like something we'd put together with maybe like Brian Sword doing the videography for us. It's more, I think you'd get it more with that. Like, okay, you know, you say your piece. Okay, he's going to say his piece in, in like that way. Like we've done with with uh, some of the other project stuff that we've done. We, we let people hmm. answer questions back and forth and stuff. And yeah. I, I think then it would be more of, of a like kind of the representative thing that you're looking for is kind of the, the I don't know, true story. But the thing with Coverdale and this, uh, and even with the Def Leppard one, there's nothing going to be in those that they haven't answered multiple times before. A Coverdale is going to... Yeah, but it's not, it's not supposed to be an expose, though, right? It's supposed to be just a celebration of the 30th anniversary. That's it. I mean, it's not... It's never intended to be this deep dive and really get you in, in you know, intense into it. Well, it should be. It's on that album. That's what I want. Yeah, but you know what? I don't want fluff. I'm, if you're paying $50 or most $100... People, but most people don't, don't care. Well, then just buy the, buy the, the normal bog standard No, they want to have... They want to have all of that, they don't care about the deep dive. They don't care. Yeah, but you're deep diving into your pocket as it is to buy the fucking thing. But they don't care. They're, they, most people don't even realize John Sykes is on the album, uh, or Neil Murray, or Ainsley Dunbar. No, I, didn't, I think they know Sykes is on it. Uh, they, most of them don't. They, most of them probably think that the band they see in the, in the Still All the Night video is the band on the album. I think Almost everybody does. Yeah, I know, but I think the people who are going to pony up for this nope. do. It's not. It's gonna. They're, they're gonna the, be M- the-, the MTV Flim Flam generation who bought the album in '87 isn't going to buy it. And they're the people who have the disposable income to yeah, buy but it. But this still doesn't mean they're going to buy it. Yeah, though. they are. Absolutely. I don't. No, absolutely. I disagree. Yeah, absolutely. I disagree. They're fickle fans. This is this is aimed at the fan, the real fan. No, but this is aimed on the people that know that album. That don't even know that there's a Doug Aldrich with with like albums like Forevermore in there. They know that oh. It was the 1987 album, and they're not aware of what they did before or what they did after. Nah, I disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly I disagree. Mean, that's, that's, that's my take on yeah, it. Yeah, I think if anyone is, is spending this amount of money, then they know by now who played on that record. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we see, we see these real fans at the shows, right? They're all, they're all pumped up. I have no idea. I have no idea that's not the whole band on the yeah. stage. Yeah, but I, the, Half of them probably mistook Robert Mason for Janie Lane. Yeah, but I think <laughs> those people have already bought the album. They'll pay to go to see him live, but that doesn't mean they're going to buy the album multiple times. Yeah, if they know it exists, yeah, they will. Yeah, if they're if they're like, oh yeah, that was I love that album. I'm going to get it. Yeah, they will. Mm. 
And the other will one, be given as, as a gift. The other one that's coming out is, uh, and I'm definitely not buying this, is um, Motley Crue, Girls, 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 30th anniversary. Yeah, I'm not bothering with that. Um, they own their masters, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, they've re-released that album loads of times anyway. Yeah. And what's left what's left on that album they were in bad bad shape doing it they probably barely got 40 minutes of music out of it yeah that i'm not interested in that one you, yeah they, and they and they i think they even did um the kickstarter or pledge music for that too did they and i was like yeah it was and it was basically like buy the album i bought it when it came out in the mid 90s i think it was mm. and it had one or two demos on it that were like instrumentals and it had a song called rodeo which was a studio track that was like a ballad that mm-hmm. they already had a ballad on the album You're All I Need so that didn't fit it yeah and um, they brought out all the albums and the bonus tracks were on it and all the bonus tracks were bonus tracks because none of them were really good enough to be on the album <laughs> anyway some of them were dreadful yeah and um, what's left like what, 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 what do you guys have left to put on this yeah when you've already done it and then you've done it again done it again I'm like really now I know there are like people People will buy it. Um, the one thing I would like is uh, that was a good stage show they had on that tour. Mm-hmm. There's no DVD as far as I know with it. So yeah, no, I don't think they ever released a live concert video for that. I don't remember. I know they had yeah they had videos from it, but I don't I don't I know don't, if they ever they did a whole concert. Many, I don't think they've got many live concert uh, videos for uh, that era actually. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, so something like that. Would have been would have been nice, yeah, because that had the, the, the Tommy Lee doing the three sixty mm-hmm. drum solo, yeah, that had White Snake supporting them on a lot of those shows, yeah, and um, White Snake blowing them away <laughs> from my all accounts, but that's one I'm definitely not going near. Um, some people are hitting me up about Marillion's misplaced childhood, which is supposed to be really good, uh. Uh, really good package. Yeah. Well, uh, like that one, again, I liked a couple songs on there. And then it was like, eh. And I just didn't like the rest of the album. So, yeah, I won't bother with that one either. Yeah. So what's the what's the tipping point for you? Is it price or what's actually in it? It's what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that, if it hits the right thing, I was like, all right. Like what do you, What do you expect from something like that now? I mean, it varies by the album. Okay, what 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 minimum do you want extra besides there's, the album? There's no minimum. It's it goes by the album. It's gonna. It's totally album dependent. Okay, so what's the best deluxe edition you have? Is the one that stands out that you go fucking hell? That was a brilliant package. No, I don't have any that really stand out. Mm, what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> But, I, don't know. I mean, the sheer volume of music I've got. I know. What are they going to do next, like 35 years? No, it'll, it'll probably be like a 40th or a 50. Yeah. Nah, this should be it. It won't be, but it should be. How huh? many times can you go to the well? Well, I know he's going to disagree, but uh, I think they're going to be able to go to the well at least another two or three times because uh, that's what it is now, right? It's, it's trying to get catalog and the old fan base and people aren't buying new stuff. But you know what? Here at Focus on Metal, we are still going to try to make sure that everybody knows about all of the great new stuff coming out constantly every single week for Metalheads, including, of course, this week's guest, Jack Star with Jack Star's Burning Star. And, hey, I mean, even the day that I'm mixing this down is the the first day of pre-orders for the uh, new Master of Puppets Deluxe Edition from Metallica. All those coming out to celebrate the anniversary of Master of Puppets. And, of course, yep, I ordered it. Can't wait till November to get it in my little hands. And if you want to see what editions are available, you're a Master of Puppets fan who isn't, then you can head up to Metallica.com and get your pre-order in now as well. So that is it for yet another week here at Focus on Metal. Hope you guys enjoyed our interview this week with uh, Jack Stars, Burning Star, as well as Track of the Week with Master Plan and Pum Kings. Always great stuff coming from uh, all those guys over at AFM Records. I mean, really, with the roster those guys have been toting around now, you really can't go wrong. Heading over to the AFM web shop. Always some good stuff, good deals. 
and uh, new stuff coming out all the time. Obviously, happy to have AFM on board as a partner here at Focus on Metal. So uh, right now, that's uh, that's all I got. So uh, for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is indeed done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Studio E with Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And as always, until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.